Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Call for Freedom podcast. Now in, we've all seen in recent news of what has happened in Israel and whether you're a Christian, you're Jewish, or even Muslim, you understand the importance of Israel. Many people around me always ask, what is the big deal? Well, they call Israel the Holy Land for a reason. Secular people would say more of, well, this is what religion does to the world. No. The thing is, is that this was the land that God promised Abraham. This is the land where God told Abraham that he would make his descendants as many as the stars. Let's also not forget that from the seed of Abraham comes the Jewish and the Arab faith. We, all, we have to remember that. But... Because of recent events, I want to dive into, we've been doing every other episode. We've been continuing our study on Job, but we've also been starting to get into end time prophecy. And the last episode, we talked about the one who knows all things, right? We talked about how God is the beginning and the end. You, I think you can go back two episodes. It's titled the one who who knows all things and you can listen to that but in this episode we're going to be talking about the time of Jacob's trouble and the time of Jacob's trouble is known as the great tribulation it's a period often mentioned in religious texts particularly in Christian eschatology. It's believed to be a time of intense suffering and tribulation that will occur before the second coming of Christ. And while interpretations may vary, many believers associate this period with the events described in the book of Revelation. This time is characterized by widespread chaos, persecution, and upheaval on a global scale. It's envisioned as a time of great turmoil and distress with natural disasters, wars, and the rise of a global leader often referred to as the Antichrist. The faithful are said to face persecution and must endure trials of faith during this period. The concept of Jacob's trouble draws upon biblical references, particularly Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 7, which states, Alas, the day is so great there is none like it. It is a time of distress for Jacob, yet he shall be saved out of it. The term Jacob symbolically, symbolically represents Israel, 
And this period is seen as a time of refining and purification for God's chosen people. Now, you can hear from my notes that this is starting to make sense, right? The time of Jacob's trouble, I'm sure any of you who have studied the Bible have heard of that phrase. This is starting to make sense now with recent events. Let's continue. While the specifics and timing of Jacob's trouble are subjects of much debate and speculation, it is important to note that different religious traditions may have varying interpretations of end-time events. Some believe that the faithful will be raptured before this period. I am typically in that camp. Um, I am more of a pre-trib guy, but I can also see where the mid-trippers um, get their context. Um, but I do not see a post-tribulation rapture. I, 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 in a way, if you're reading end-time events properly, that really doesn't seem to make any sense, and there's really no scripture to support that. Um, but others think they, they will go through it and be delivered by divine intervention. Ultimately, the concept of Jacob's trouble serves as a reminder of the importance of faith perseverance, and hope during times of adversity. It encourages believers to remain steadfast in their devotion to God, regardless of the challenges they may face. Uh, Britt Gillette puts it this way in her book, uh, The End Times. She says that on September 2nd, 1945, General Douglas MacArthur and representatives of the Japanese government met aboard the battleship Missouri, and they signed an agreement formalizing an unconditional surrender of Japan. World War II had ended. As the ink dried, poverty and starvation ran rampant. Europe lay in ruin. Devastation haunted islands throughout the Pacific and the dead totaled 50 million people. 20 million in the Soviet Union alone. The ashes of 6 million European Jews filled crematoriums in places names like Auschwitz, Dachau, and Treblinka. The suffering <clears throat> and death excuse me, of World War II is difficult to imagine. Survivors recount stories of unspeakable terror and unchecked evil. Never has the whole world suffered on such a mass scale at the same time. How could the world survive another war like that? much less endure such suffering again. Yet, sadly, Jesus said another time will be worse. He described it this way, for there will be greater anguish than at any time since the world began, and it will never be so great again. Matthew 24, 
21. Take a moment to think about that. All the horrors of World War II, death camps, atomic bombs, millions dead, cities reduced to rubble, women, children, and infants executed in mass, starved, shot, gassed, thrown into raging fires, tossed into mass graves. What could possibly be worse? Yet Jesus said a coming time will be worse. Jeremiah called it the time of Jacob's trouble. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 7. But the Bible uses many names to describe it. And these include, and I'm sure you've heard a lot of these, the day of calamity in Deuteronomy, the day of the Lord in Isaiah and 1 Thessalonians, the terror of the Lord in the book of Isaiah, a day of reckoning in Isaiah, the day of the Lord's vengeance in Isaiah, a day of wrath in Zephaniah, a day of trouble and distress in Zephaniah, a day of destruction and desolation in Zephaniah, a time of trouble in Daniel chapter 12, the great and terrible day of the Lord in Joel, a day of darkness, the wrath to come, 1 Thessalonians, the hour of temptation in Revelation, the great day of the wrath of the Lamb, Revelation, the hour of judgment, Revelation, and the wrath of God in Revelation. Moses gave it another name called the Tribulation in Deuteronomy chapter 4. The Tribulation, also known as the End Times, is what this book is all about. So what happens during the Tribulation? What is the Tribulation? And what happens in this unique time period? The tribulation is a time of extreme physical and spiritual turmoil among the nations. It's a time of God's wrath. A time of when God will pour out his judgment on the world. Unlike God's past judgments, the tribulation isn't reserved for only one nation or a few nations. It impacts all the nations, as Isaiah said in chapter 2. All the earth in Zephaniah chapter 1 and all the wicked that David wrote in the Psalms. Two-thirds of the Jewish people will die. One half of all humanity will die, starting with the death of one-fourth of the world's population in Revelation chapter 6 and followed later by the death of one-third of those who remain. Millions will face martyrdom for their belief in Jesus Christ. It will be a time of global war 
global government and a global dictator. People will live in open rebellion against God and their unrestrained wickedness will provoke a series of divine judgments. These start with the seal judgments. Some people think in the early days of the tribulation are a time of relative peace, but they're not. The tribulation begins with the seal judgments, and these judgments plunge the world into global war and chaos. They launch the tribulation and the career of a great conqueror. They bring global war. The Bible describes this time as a war and slaughter everywhere. Widespread famine follows this global war, and one-fourth of humanity dies. Think I'm lying? Read Revelation chapter 6, verse 7 and 8. So does any of this sound calm or peaceful? The remaining seal judgments bring more suffering and terrible events. These include the widespread martyrdom of Christians, a great earthquake, stars falling to the earth, and mountains and islands moved from their places. Unfortunately, all these terrible events are just the start of what's to come. I also want to point out, before I continue, when all of this, just before this was going on in Israel, Afghanistan suffered a massive earthquake and killed thousands of people. And then when after Hamas attacked Israel, Afghanistan suffered another earthquake. Think about that. It isn't just about people going to war with each other. We're talking about a series of natural disasters happening and wiping out many of the world's population. But Bridgelet continues with the trumpet judgments. The seal judgments unleash some of the greatest suffering in human history, but it only gets worse. The trumpet judgments come next. These judgments unleash a storm of hail and fire mixed with blood. One third of the earth is set on fire. One third of the trees are burned and all the green grass is burned. Then a great mountain of fire is thrown into the oceans. One third of the oceans become blood. One third of the creatures in the oceans die. And one third of all the ocean-faring ships are destroyed. As the trumpet judgments continue, a great star falls from the sky. It falls on a third of the rivers and springs of water. One third of the water becomes bitter. And many of those who drink it will die. Then one third of the sun, moon, and stars turn to darkness. Next, a bottomless pit opens and smoke pours out. The, sun, the sunlight is blocked and the air turns dark from the smoke. Does this, does this describe a massive volcanic eruption? It might. 
but what comes next isn't typical of a volcanic eruption. Locusts emerge from the smoke and descend on the earth. These locusts have power to sting like scorpions. They don't attack plants or trees. They only attack people. But they spare the followers of Jesus. Everyone else endures five months of painful torture. The stings of these locusts are so bad people long for death as an escape. And if that, as if that weren't enough, the next trumpet brings even more terror. An army of 200 million horse-mounted troops descend on the earth. These horses have heads like lions. They spit fire, smoke, and burning sulfur from their mouths. Their tails have heads like snakes, with the power to injure people. This army kills one-third of all the people on the earth. Yet despite the horror of it all, there's still more to come. The final trumpet judgment announces the arrival of a new series of terrors, which are known as the bowl judgments. It's a miracle anyone survives the seal and trumpet judgments, yet they do. Based on current world population figures, several billion people will still be alive. Those who remain will endure seven more judgments. These are just as terrible, if not worse, than the previous judgments. They begin when horrible sores break out on everyone who accepts the mark of the beast and worships the Antichrist statue. Later, we'll discuss what that means, but for now, just know that it's the majority of the world's population. The next bowl of God's wrath is poured out on the oceans. The oceans become like blood of a corpse, and everything in them dies. Shortly thereafter, all the world's rivers and springs become blood. Then the sun scorches everyone with its fire. This blast of heat burns everyone in the world, yet they still refuse to turn to God. Afterward, the world is plunged into darkness. People grind their teeth in anguish. They curse God for all their pain and sores. Then the Euphrates River dries up, and the kings from the east march their armies west without any obstacle. What's their purpose? To gather with all the rulers of the world to battle against the Lord himself. The seventh and final bowl judgment brings massive destruction. The earthquake strikes. The Bible calls the greatest earthquake in human history. It levels all the mountains of the world and all the islands disappear. A terrible hailstorm follows. Hailstones weighing as much as 75 pounds fall from the sky onto the people below. And once again, the people curse God. While all these judgments take place, a global dictator will rule the earth. He'll demand worship, and he'll gain complete control over every transaction in the global economy. The tribulation will also feature two witnesses who speak on God's behalf. Each will have power to send fire from its mouth and shut the sky so it won't rain. 
turn the rivers and oceans to blood and strike the earth with plagues. Can you see now why the tribulation is one of the most talked about time periods in the Bible? Like birth pains, all these epic events will lead up to the greatest event in human history, the return of Jesus Christ. At the end of the tribulation, Jesus will come to the earth, conquer his enemies, judge the nations, and reign as king for a thousand years. That sounds good to me. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you really take these end time prophecies to heart because this is where we're headed, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible tells us where we're going. It's no surprise. People are surprised by these epic events that go on in the world, but we as Christians are not. Especially those who are watchmen. The next time we dive into the end times, we'll talk about how long the tribulation is. And we'll talk about the purpose of the tribulation. But the next time you see me or hear from me, we'll be diving back into the book of Job, chapter 19. So God bless you and I'll see you again.